Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Hipsters Podcast, where I interview founders and co-founders, entrepreneurs and artists, executives and stay-at-home hipsters in crypto and blockchain around the world. And I have an amazing podcast for you today. Let's get to it. And today I have an amazing guest um, to join us um, from Miami. His name is Jonathan Ovedia. He is the Chief Executive Officer of AEX Lab. Uh, Jonathan, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm very excited and an honor to be here. Awesome, awesome. So uh, let's kick things off. I, I usually ask uh, the same question that I'll ask you. Um, what is your background and is it a logical background for what you do now yeah so it's it's actually quite an interesting thing my background is real estate development i have a master's degree from university of miami in real estate development and there was a period where i thought to myself wow i wasted so much of my time and money studying this but really there's a lot of applications when you think about the metaverse and you think about virtual reality all we really are doing is development just in the digital world. Instead of dealing with construction workers and architects, I'm dealing with uh, programmers and 3D modelers and designers. And to be quite honest, it's, uh, it's a lot more fun, actually. You get to think outside of the box. You're no longer constrained by you know, real physics or real budgets. Um, I love the idea of the metaverse because we're going from this resource scarce mentality to this virtual world where really we're no longer uh, resource con constraint uh, anymore. We're, we're able to build whatever it is that we can imagine and we can develop. So it's quite exciting and I'm very, very happy about the way things are shaping up. You, you, you liken it to real estate development um, without the actual um, real estate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> virtual, virtual reality uh, and crypto, you're able to create real estate in the digital world. It's quite interesting. That is true. That is true. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit more. What is AAX Lab? What What do you guys do? What's it all about? And some of the initiatives that you're focused on most. So X Lab at its core is a virtual reality games developer. What's ended up happening over the last few years is we've really started to see a trend in first class social experiences in gaming and more specifically in virtual reality. So some of the initiatives we've been really focusing on is being able to create these virtual spaces so that our community and our gamers can not only have a place to go play, but also a place to socialize, a place for discussion, a place for friendship. We're very excited about creating what we have recently launched that we call Veil Social. We've been able to reimagine gamers lobbies so that the game can begin the second you load in rather than waiting to join a party and queue up for a match. Um, some of the other things we've been focusing on is creating creator toolkits, because we believe that if we can build the toolkits for these gamers to build their own 3D assets, their own levels, their own mods, their own worlds, that's how we're really going to be able to develop a metaverse that the community wants. So instead of us trying to guess or decide what we should be building, we're just focusing on building the tools that allow the community to build their user-generated content. So you said um, social 
right? So um, a lot of the metaverses that I've been told about, um, you know, you go in there, you check it out, you know what's going around. You know, it's the people aren't act interacting socially. You focus on that. How does it work? So the way it works socially is just when you're inside of virtual reality, there's this level of immersion, this presence that you have that it's it's almost unexplainable until you actually jump in. When you're inside of these virtual spaces inside of VR um, and you're hanging out with a friend, you get to see the way they move. You get to see their hand gestures. You get to see when your friend is pacing, if he's a pacer. We have eye tracking. We have mouth tracking. You really get this level of immersion that whenever you do, if you do meet somebody in person, you get to look at them and say, that's my friend. I can tell because of the way they move, the way they act. It's no longer just voice chat only in text. We, we really believe that virtual reality brings this level of social depth uh, with movement and being physically present that it's, it's unrivaled. And we're very, very excited about where this medium is going to go. Let me just make sure I understand this correctly. If I say I meet somebody online in the metaverse, right, and you're an X lab, um, then say I meet them a year later, I'm walking down the street in, say, New York or Miami, and I see them in person, I would recognize who they are based on the fact that I met them in the metaverse. Um, not point blank, but if you definitely, you definitely, I'll give you an example. I, I was in NFT NYC and I met up a few people that had played my video game and being with them just for a few minutes, it felt like I knew them so much more than if I had just been talking to them over text and voice chat, because you see the mannerisms and mannerisms really, it adds another level of, of connection. That's why even with Zoom, it's very difficult to connect with people for very long periods of time. You get drained. It's something about being in person when you see people move their arms. I mean, I took a lot of public speaking classes. Some of the most important things is what you do with your arms and, and your hands as you're speaking. But that's something that you can't do with a traditional flat screen game because you can't decide what the avatar actually does. It's just purely voice chat and text chat. By bringing in movement, it really adds the next level. And then also with haptic feedback, you can high five people, you can hug people, you can feel people. It really brings it to another level. Does that make a little more sense? It does. That sounds pretty cool. Um, so, um, no, I, I did go. I did go to NYC NFT. Also hey, nice, day. amazing. Yeah. It was an amazing event. Yeah, um, it, was, it was wild. There was there's so much to do. It was overwhelming almost. How how are you able to to, to create have this creation? How are you able to make this invention, um, you know, that's a little different than everybody else? So it really happened organically. We never we never planned it. Um, we set out to create a virtual reality game, and eventually we ended up realizing that most of the best people that we hired were actually our own community. We have a about say half our team was hired directly from our Discord server. And we realize that a lot of people, they want to build, they want to be creators, they want to do things. If you can point them in the right direction, if you can give them the right educational resources and just let them fly, you will just be so amazed by what can be created. So that's kind of what started the idea of us building out uh, creator toolkits for our users to be able to create whatever content it is that they want. And initially, we were thinking about creating a, a marketplace using traditional fiat 
But when NFTs came around and I started really looking into them, I realized this brings it to another level because now instead of owning the digital assets on the actual platform, you own them on the blockchain. And by doing so, you have a possibility to be able to have interoperability. What that means is if you have certain items inside of our world, by using NFT technology, you can actually move it outside of our world and into other worlds. So the reason why I really fell in love with that idea is because a lot of people will invest hundreds of dollars or hundreds of hours into games and have this feeling of a sunk cost. It makes it very difficult for them to want to go play other games because they have so much sunk cost in one game. And then once they have the sunk cost, um, the game developers typically, they, they start to abuse that power. They start to not innovate as much. Sometimes they don't fix problems or hacks. And by using NFTs and being able to move your assets freely, I believe that now the owner of the assets is going to be able to move their assets around, have a better time with it, but also the game developers are going to be incentivized to do much better and create more fun and engaging things because no longer will the gamers have sunk costs in any game. They're going to be able to move all the assets they've bought or, or, or earned or created across many worlds. So it just seemed like a, a perfect fit for us. Um, never thought about it, but as the technology started hitting the headlines and I started doing my research, it just it just really made a lot of sense. I reached out to the community and the community said it made a lot of sense too. And we're quite excited to be, If I, I believe we're one of the first VR studios to take advantage of this technology, but I look forward to seeing many more following suit. So do I, uh, it sounds pretty great. Um, so I want to ask you, you talked about community. Um, you do make people feel present and connected in both actual and virtual wor worlds. How do you do that in terms of, you know, your training, your uh, simulations, your gaming? How do you, how do you bring that to life? Um, the way that I like to explain that is we really focus on high quality, high fidelity, social experiences and gaming experiences. We want to make it feel so real. It looks so real that you can't differentiate the the difference. And a lot of people that come to our studio and try it for the first time, when you take off that headset, they're almost disorientated. They don't even realize that they've been sitting in an office. They completely lose themselves. And that makes me really excited. We believe that the best way to do that is just focusing on high quality VR content. And like, like what, what are some examples of VR, of, of your high quality content you have going for today? If you just jump into our game, everything looks almost hyper-realistic uh, from the gun models to the outfits to the way that we have full body IK systems. So a lot of virtual reality games, for example, this is this is one simple example that you don't have to know much about VR to be able to imagine. So if you have two hands inside of virtual reality, most games are floating hands. They're not connected to a body. It's just two floating hands that are your hands. One thing that we focused on is developing a full body animation system. So when you're inside there, you see your arms, you see your chest, you see your legs. If you squat, you'll see your full body actually squat and, and crouch down. Um, so those are just a few examples of things that we do to bring the immersion level up to something that is more believable and more realistic. So one of the things that I focus on in, in crypto and blockchain is 
you know, um, have an interest in, in social impact and global impact and, and change in the world, right? Um, so how um, how is virtual reality at a high level, you know, shaping or reshaping uh, the world and the way that we do things today and we'll be doing things? I think one of the main things I like to think about is when we're here in the physical world, we always have this resource scarce mentality. When you're in the digital world, you go from being resource scarce to resource abundant. You no longer confined to, to physical resource constraints anymore. So that's one way that I like to think about it. The other way I like to think about it is experiences in life tend to be the most expensive thing, right? Most people across the world, they focus on food, shelter, and health. And if they can hit those three, they're already considered to be in the top percentile. Experiences tend to be the most expensive and tend to be reserved for the wealthy. But in virtual reality, you can give people so many different experiences for a very affordable price. It's it's cheaper than an iPhone, it's cheaper than a MacBook, it's cheaper than you know a PlayStation 5 or Xbox. So one of the things that really drives me is being able to, to see a future that virtual reality can allow families all across the globe just beautiful experiences. I mean, I see a future where people can go and rent out, uh, you know, a Hawaii vacation from other parts of the world just to be able to see it. And then also with the hardware, the haptic suit, the scent machines, there's a lot of different things that people are building that will make it so it's almost indistinguishable from the real world. And instead of having to spend who knows how many thousands of dollars going to Hawaii, you know, from the comfort of your own home with your family, you can go and see this. And I believe experiences and culture and education will be able to have a very large impact uh, on the world using this technology. So you see it as a replacement for, for people not, who are, are, are kind of like maybe constrained or unable to, to have those experiences to, to really experience life. That's the thing. It's it's for so many people because if you can't afford experiences, you now have a chance for experiences. If you can't afford experiences, you have a chance for experiences that money can't buy because virtual reality allows you to do things that you couldn't do in the physical world. So across the spectrum, right, it can enhance people's lives and give people experiences that were never imaginable before. And that to me is, is quite exciting. So and how do we how do you think we incorporate the crypto rails into so this is this is something that got me really excited as well when you think about the digital world most people spend most of their time in the digital world most people take the digital world more seriously than than the physical world um and at the end of the day we believe that digital ownership is only possible using blockchain technology using cryptocurrencies using nfts you want people to be able to own their digital presence, their digital assets, their digital worlds. You want them to be able to own it so they can feel comfortable in it and can do so much more. The only way to do that is using blockchain technology. So that's one of the reasons why I believe that virtual reality and blockchain, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, really, they're a perfect fit for each other. I don't think that there could be a metaverse in VR without blockchain technology. And I don't think that blockchain technology could build a metaverse without virtual reality technology. I think they're completely dependent upon one another. And it's a beautiful thing because luckily they, they match up so well. Interesting. So right now we have challenges with the crypto uh, where we have some regulatory 
you know, uh, perspective, regulatory challenges and with something as a security or not. But has, how do you see the regulatory landscape playing out in VR? Is it different? Is it aligned with, with each other? Um, is it a blue ocean? Look, I am definitely not a lawyer. I genuinely believe that as long as everything we do is ethical, we will find a way. The power of the community is so powerful. Um, I'll give you an easy example. For example, the the whole NFT situation where people are making jokes saying, oh, all you can do is right-click save. Realistically, I know you could right-click save, but it's so not cool to get caught stealing someone else's profile picture you don't own that I don't know. I haven't seen anybody do that yet. I hear a lot of jokes about right-click save, but I have not seen one person actually do that. And that just shows me that humans can regulate just with social norms. There's so many social norms that people regulate themselves. So I, I don't know. I just believe as long as we can do the right thing and build ethical experiences in an ethical business manner, that everything will play out to work out. I know that there was a lot of regulatory issues uh, in the past, especially during the last uh, ICO craze in 2017. A lot of people said cryptocurrency was dead. And look, now you see the most you know, famous people in the world, the most famous companies in the world, all adopting blockchain technology. You now have creators and artists and musicians all adopting NFT technology. I, I think that it's inevitable. There can be a lot of fight. There can be a lot of uh, regulation. But this technology is so life-changing, so world-changing that there will always find a way. Um, I do believe we have to work together to regulate in a fair way instead of just being all cowboy and, and fighting the institution. I think we do need to work with institutions because that's probably going to be one of the best ways to create something that works for everybody. Um, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure to see how it's going to play out, but I'm, I'm very excited. I'm not too worried. I feel like the, the right thing will always work out. Let's talk about right click save because you did, <laughs> uh, you, you did go to NYC NFT. Yeah, and you did experience the energy there, and you and you talk to people, right? Um, who see what they're building, right? And people are building a lot more than right-click save. You know, I agree. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on what your experience was like and what your biggest takeaways were there. My biggest takeaway is just a lot of people they think NFTs, JPEGs, millions of dollars, scam, rug. It's so much more than that. When people say that, all it means to me is that they haven't actually taken the chance to really look what's under the hood. To me, what's under the hood is community, friendship, thoughts. When you buy a JPEG that's part of a 10K collection, for example, you're not buying a JPEG, you're buying into a community. And the community is what adds the value. So one of the, I mean, my most favorite parts in NFT NYC, I know it sounds crazy, it's actually waiting in the lines. I mean, and there were lines, but, Waiting in the lines, I was able to talk to so many cool people. I made so many friends just waiting in the lines that it really just showed me that the whole point of this whole thing is just community. Everyone is so open. Everyone is so welcoming. Everyone's so supportive, so motivating. It was really such a beautiful feeling. You feel the energy in the street. I don't think there was one street in New York City I was walking down that I didn't hear NFT, NFT somewhere. And it was quite, it was quite beautiful. And everyone was friendly. I was wearing a, a hoodie of NFT NYC and people just come up to me like, oh, where are you from? Let's be friends. Like, what brought you here? And it's just such a beautiful thing that I want to see how this whole NFT community momentum continues to grow and how it starts to affect, uh, you know, gamers as a, as a whole. 
And I'm interested to see the energy come down about 2,000 miles to where you are in Miami, uh, which wants to be a crypto capital in the U.S. You know, how is your city, uh, Miami, embracing, you know, crypto today and, and what he sees going on? Well, our mayor, uh, Mayor Francis Suarez, is a very amazing mayor. He's very open to technology. He believes technology will create the next generation of wealth uh, for people. I believe him. I agree with him. Some of the things he's doing is he's actually allowing uh, the city employees to receive payments in Bitcoin. He has publicly announced that he will be receiving full salary payments in Bitcoin as well. Um, everywhere that you go here in Miami, all the restaurants, a lot of shops, they all accept Bitcoin and Ethereum and a few other coins. It's just such a sense of community here. I don't know if you ever heard, but uh, apparently Vitalik Buterin, and this is, uh, I've heard this a few times. I looked into it, but I'm not 100% sure. But apparently Vitalik Buterin, uh, the creator of Ethereum, thought of and created Ethereum after a Bitcoin conference here in Miami uh, quite some time ago. So I think Miami was just always meant to be a hub of innovation for cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. And I'm very excited to see how that plays out because Miami is so internationally connected that for it to be a hub for cryptocurrency and blockchain, I think it's going to be able to spread across the world in a very positive way. Everyone here is very open and accepting about it. Yeah, I, uh, I believe that. And I also believe the Vitalik story. There's been a conference going on there every year for a long time in January um, mm -hmm. with some of the best names in Bitcoin. So. Um, Someday I'll attend. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this next uh, one. Maybe, yeah. Um, and uh, I noticed a few. I, I actually have to ask you something, a, a story, because I saw it on your website and I, it intrigued me. Um, you have your core team listed, right? And um, a member of your core team, it happens to be a dog, an actual dog, right? <laughs> So how um, how did your dog get a job? How 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 did that happen? So that's actually you know it's funny. No one's ever actually asked me that question, and I've always wondered. Even when we posted um, our campaign publicly, I was wondering: is a regulator? Is anybody on Start Engine team going to ask me how we hired a dog? No one asked me anything. It was very weird uh, that it was let slide. So the story is actually quite funny, and it's still going on till this day as a joke. Um, one of our core members of the team, Charles Taylor, aka Big Boy 69 or the Golden Retriever, is one of the smartest geniuses I've ever met. Uh, one of our top programmers. He works hand in hand with my with my brother directly, and together them two are crushing it. We've been working together for a few years, and the first year, year and a half in, we never saw his face. We always voice chatted, and one day we're like, "Oh, like let's see what you look like." He's like, "Oh, you know, like." I don't have a webcam. Like I just never, I never, I had one, it broke. I never used one. And then for some reason, it just kind of turned into a meme where he made his profile picture a golden retriever. And it's been about four years now. And we have yet to see what Charles actually looks like. Um, it's quite funny, actually. He's supposed to be coming to visit us in Miami for the first time um, sometime soon. And I'm, I'm, just dying to know what Charles looks like at this point. Now he's trolling us because we bought him a webcam and now he just doesn't want to use it. So <laughs> we don't know what he looks like. I don't think he's shy or anything, but he's just kind of trolling us. He's a big troll and I think it's quite funny. So he's just our golden retriever. Still don't know what he looks like. Hope to see what he looks like one day. I think he's going to be our golden retriever forever at this point on the website though. 
Everyone in the community just knows him as Charles the Golden Retriever. Um, whenever there's an issue, people ping him and he fixes it quite well and quite quickly. But yeah, that's 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 really it. It's just a meme. Well, it's also it's also more than that. It's also, you know, in the age of COVID, right? Um, people are able to work um, remotely and um, discreetly, right, and anonymously, and get work done, right? Yeah. Um, how do you think that? How do you think the landscape has changed? And how what do you see? You know, for the next you know year or two going forward, um, as far as <clears> the change that- of the landscape. Oh, the change of, like in working. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm very excited. Look, I I think Zoom was an amazing tool for collaborating, and I think virtual reality technologies might bring that to the next level. It's still not there yet. So I think in the next few years, instead of doing Zoom calls, we're all just going to be in our underwear at home, but inside of the office, just in this virtual reality space. And I think that that would be something really cool because you know even Zoom, all it is is voice and text. And video with virtual reality we can actually go and grab things together touch things together you know make a lot of different movements and moves that you know they weren't possible before so i still think we're just scratching the surface of what remote working looks like awesome uh well you know i want to thank you uh, it's been a great conversation i've enjoyed it um i want to thank you for your time today uh, i have one last thank question you so much yeah i have one last question for you it's an easy one. Go how ahead. can people how can people find out more information about you, about what you do, about what your company does? How can they be involved in the community? How can they do that? Awesome. I think the best way really is Discord. We're on discord.gg slash veil VR. V-A-I-L-V-R. Um, or you can YouTube us or Google us Xlab AEX Lab or Veil VR and Ideally, the best place to find us is really on Discord. We're live there every single day. We do play tests. Um, we host community game nights. We watch movie nights. Uh, we have a quite an active community, and it's 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 very fun. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much, Emil. I really appreciate it.